Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Nathan Cassiotis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, business growth strategist, coach, mentor, and consultant. And today, I have an awesome guest. She's an entrepreneur, fractional COO, agency growth strategist, and the secret weapon to every visionary CEO as the founder of Hilltop Operations and Consulting where she helps service providers build and scale agencies to seven figures plus and beyond. Welcome, Anne Hill, and thank you for being on my show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, very welcome, Anne. I'm sure it's going to be awesome for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. And for those people who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Hi, yeah. So I, as you mentioned, I am the owner of Hilltop Operations and Consulting, and I have been in business for about three years now. Um, I, my background prior to owning my business was as a physical therapist. I was a rehab manager, and um, I always joke around and say I never had any intention of being a business owner. I never had any intention of going down the entrepreneurial world um, and down that road. When I first, you know, came out of school, I kind of did the typical thing that people do, you know, went high school, college, went on to my, to get a master's in PT and, um, and then figured, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, go find a, a company that I can work for that's, you know, nationwide that is going to have the stability, have all of those things with them. And um, it, it went well when I, you know, first started off, I got into the rehab manager role and did that for probably about 10 years of my therapy career and really enjoyed that, that operation side of things. Um, and really liked that, liked building my team, liked the being, you know, in the department that I was in and still doing the therapy stuff a little bit. But as I got older, um, and as I started having kids, I, I started to get a little bit more of that feel of, do I want to own, does somebody else want to own my time or do I want to own my time? Do I want to have the freedom and the flexibility that, um, you know, this idea of what I thought might be out there um, in the world if I didn't own, if I didn't work for a corporation, that sort of thing. And um, I would say for the most part, I um, at that point realized that I, I, that there was something else out there. I didn't necessarily know what it was at that point in time, but I knew there was something else out there. And so I um, did what I think a lot of people do when they're looking for a change. And um, I joke around with my husband and say, like, I had this midlife crisis when I was, you know, a little before 40. I, you know, okay, I, I don't know what I'm going to do in life. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't like how I'm, I am when I come home to the kids, that sort of thing. And, um, and so I did, like I said, what I think a lot of people do. And you do this search of like work from home online, what is out there? What can I still earn an income with and still, still provide for the family and that sort of stuff. And I, I came across a, a program that was a VA program. At that time, I had no idea what that was. Like I had never heard of a virtual assistant. I didn't know what was outside of my little therapy network, um, even work-wise. Like I didn't really know what else was out there. And um, I took the plunge and was like, okay, well, let's see what this is all about. I grew my business, my, my business on top of working full-time. Um, but I got to a breaking point where I was like, I can't, I'm running out of time and I can't keep doing both things. Like there's going to be a breaking point here. And so at the beginning of 2020, I ended up taking the plunge where I was no longer employed. I was just running my business. Um, and it was uh, terrifying, but exciting all at once. <laughs> so um, it started taking on more and more business and was, was doing well, helping the business owners that I was working with. 
Um, but I realized that I, I classified myself as a general VA because I didn't really know what else to call myself. Um, but I realized I kept looking um, to the businesses in more of that operational management mindset. So I kept going into them and being like, okay, well, what's your process here? What are the KPIs that we're working towards? What are we measuring here? And, and the business owners are looking at me like, I, I just need somebody to, you know, do the scheduling task for me. And I'm like, well, no, let's do more. Like, let's figure out what, how we can really help you here. Um, and so I finally, I say finally, but I, I found a, a program that was a director of operations program. Um, and it was an online program. And I took that program and the certification and realized all of a sudden it was like this light bulb moment of, yeah, this, this is totally what I do. I help businesses in the operations space. Um, and I love doing those things. I love looking at the analytics. I love figuring out how their team needs to run and how they can be more efficient in the processes and what they're doing in their business. And I started to see very much of that correlation of like, okay, I was a rehab manager. I was running a department. I was hiring team members. I was measuring our you know, metrics. I was measuring the outcomes in the department. And yeah, it was just in the department there, but that's exactly the same sort of thing that these small businesses need too. Um, so I started to really see this correlation of what I really loved and enjoyed as a rehab manager is exactly what I now do for businesses and business owners. So that's a little bit of a background as to kind of how I got to where I'm at. <laughs> so in a very quick version of it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, it's always great to hear the story and, and how, yeah, you, um, all those skills you learned while working and then, you know, created your business and then um, were able to replicate this and, and help, yeah, business owners um, in their own sense. So love that really powerful. And, um, you know, I guess a lot of the time, a lot of entrepreneurs, they may not know, you know, the current state of their business, <clears throat> right? Like, you know, they're, they're yeah. doing their thing um, and, and, and what it really is having that outside perspective. So, you know, what's working, what's not working, they're probably just, you know, doing what they're doing. Um, so how can we really identify this about what's happening yeah, in the business? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. And I would very much agree that, that most of the times, business owners don't necessarily know. Um, it's, and it's not for them not, you know, being invested in their business. It's just, they're so close to it that they don't always necessarily know what the big issue is. <laughs> they may know just the, what, how they have to keep putting out fires and, you know, a certain area where like something's not running here, but I don't know what it is. I can't put my hand on it and I'm not diving deep enough to figure it out. Or potentially I don't have time to really dive into it and figure it out. Um, and so, I find that most of the time when we're trying to figure out what the issues are, it's, um, first of all, if it's not just a business owner, like if they have a team with them, it's talking to the team members and seeing what's, what's going well, what's not going well. And those team members that are really dealing with the, the challenges and, and really at the heart of it and where some of, they see some of those bottlenecks, um, they tend to be able to give some of the best information and best insights because they've experienced it for so long where they're like, there has to be a better way to do this. I just don't know what it is. Um, and again, they're in it so much that by getting an external perspective and just having somebody else's eyes on it, sometimes it can be very helpful for them. Yeah, awesome. Love that. Really powerful. Um, and you're right that that those questions and asking the right people um, can be the end and someone to do it. And um, I guess, you know, if we've got <clears throat> systems and things like that, uh, we, you know, we want to streamline our business and things so like how can we really i guess improve this right because um a lot of people are thinking about it 
um, of, of how we can really, yeah, make that more streamlined. So what, what, are you, what are some things that you could maybe share about how we can improve yeah, the systems and, and streamlining our business too? Yeah, so it's really looking at the business and kind of looking at different silos of the business and the different parts of the business. So, I mean, obviously you've got your marketing, you've got your sales, you've got your operations and like the fulfillment side of it. You've got your accounting, your invoicing, and you've got your team growth, team, team management, team um, HR side of it, I guess, really. Um, and so taking each of those silos and looking at them separately uh, can really help you narrow down, first of all, um, what those systems are. And second of all, seeing is, is this the best way to do it? Does everybody that needs to know the information know the information? Um, and do they know how to do it and how to follow up with it and, and all of the parts that go with it? Um, so definitely breaking it down and not trying to tackle everything at once is, is critical when you're looking at, at systems and processes. Um, and then another part of that also is to see just in general, as you're growing your business, you know that um, if, if you're trying to figure out where to start, a great foundational place to start is making sure that you're getting sales. Um, what's your sales process? Are you getting rev any, the revenue in? Um, and if you're getting that revenue in, then making sure that, that you're actually um, seeing the profits. And then after that, starting to really emphasize a little bit more of the structural systems and foundational systems and streamlining that a little bit more. Yeah, love that. Really powerful. Completely agree there. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of different systems out there and, and there's one system that more recently is becoming quite bigger. And, and I know you're an um, advocate for, which is called ClickUp. Um, you know, yes. it's a great system. Um, which the project management tool, yes. <laughs> yeah, project management. It does many other things as well. And I'm using it um, in my business as well. Um, and I know that's some things there. So do you want to maybe just share for those people that may not have heard of it? And that is, um, what are some key ways um, yeah, we can use ClickUp, you know, to improve, you know, our business and, and our efficiency as well. Yeah, I, so I'll start by saying that ClickUp is a really robust system and I absolutely love it and adore it myself, but I can geek out on, on systems a little bit. So, um, so for some people, they may not necessarily need that robust of a system. Um, and it, a lot of times it can be overwhelming if they haven't used anything um, in the past or potentially if they just kind of had a Google Doc that had a list of things on it, then automatically jumping to a platform like ClickUp as a project management tool um, could be way overwhelming and eventually lead to them not using anything at all, which doesn't help um, it, when you're trying to grow and know what's going on in your business. So, um, but what ClickUp does though, like I was saying, it's a project management tool. It helps you know what's going on, who's doing it, when deadlines are, there's places in there that you can put communication, when you're talking with team members back and forth, um, there's ways that you can basically have checklists and, and operating procedures, processes, all of that sort of stuff in there. So it can really house and hold a lot. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that businesses will use it. Um, but the key is that it needs to be used. <laughs> and usually someone on the team needs to really be that owner of the board and making sure that things are being followed up on, that things are being marked off when they're being done and staying up to date. Um, because if you don't keep the these project management tools of any sort, if you don't use them and you don't keep them up to date and you don't put in it what you're supposed to be utilizing it for, they really don't help you in the ways that they are meant to help you. Yeah, completely agree. And <clears throat> love how you yeah, talked about um, the complexity for heart first, um, keeping things simple. And then obviously, yeah, how much you can do and, and using the system um, is definitely there. Because I know yeah, some people are like, you know, hard to change sometimes. And it's like, right, yeah, 
you've got to build the habit with the new system as well. Like make sure you're using it every day. Um, and then eventually, you know, it gets easier um, at the same time. So yeah, love that. Well, and I would also recommend that people look at the, the potential growth of their team and their business that they're looking for. Um, because when you're, when I, at least when I'm going in and suggesting potentially a change or any particular platforms or different tech tools, um, there's a cost side that goes with it. Um, and some of the tools are you're paying per user. Some of them are just flat fees. Uh, so depending on what you're looking at and where, you know, if you intend on having a team of 200 versus a team of 10, there's going to be some differences on what might potentially be recommended. So, um, you know, looking at where you currently are, but then also looking for what you are projecting growth wise and seeing what tools may make the most sense is, is a part of, um, really that analysis of what makes sense for you and your business. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. So true. Definitely. Uh, look ahead. Um, cause you don't want to create something that's good for a few months and then go, Oh, we have to change it again. Um, right. Nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's already uh, enough of a challenge to do that. So love that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, obviously then, um, hiring the right people is obviously very important, right. To grow and scale in that business. Cause you know, we can't do everything ourselves, um, after a while. So, um, you know, initially how do we know, you know, if we're hiring, I guess the right fit for the role, um, you know, in our business as well. That is, uh, probably one of the top questions I always get is how do I know who to hire and how do I know when to hire? Like the, the things that revolve around hiring are always, um, key areas that people are are looking and seeking for support with. And when it comes to who to hire in your business, um, you want to really have a few things laid out before, you know, putting a job description out there. Well, first of all, make sure you have a job description. That would be a key part of it too. But um, look at what you intend on having this person help with, um, you know, potentially do a time study or something like that for yourself so that you can see, especially if it's your first hire, um, what do you plan on having them help you with? What do you do right now that you really shouldn't be spending so much time on? Um, and what are some of those repeatable tasks that you can easily take off your plate? Uh, once you get those things put together, then, then yes, like I said, put together that job description there. But in that job description, also make sure that you have a good understanding yourself of what your business, like the mission, vision, and values of your business. Um, because when you're looking for hiring a new team member, a key part of that is making sure that you're hiring someone and getting that right person in the door to begin with and that you have that long-term growth with that person. Um, a lot of times where I see a lot of the errors that happen in when businesses and business owners are hiring is when they are doing that quick fix. Like I need, I need a body and I need it now. There's a pretty good chance that's not going to be the right fit long-term for your business. <laughs> so sometimes people get lucky and sometimes it works out great for them, but most of the time that quick fix isn't necessarily helping them and helping their business grow for the long term because they start to have this revolving door of hires for this one role that they just can't find that right fit for. And a lot of times, like I said, it's because they're not taking the time to make sure that they have all their ducks in a row and making sure that they're bringing on the right potential prospective candidates for that role. Yeah, love that. So true. And um, yeah, how it all links together. Um, really awesome <laughs> to get that in. Um, and obviously, you know, one thing that's a challenge as well for a lot of entrepreneurs is sort of 
letting go, right? Or, or, of what it is. <laughs> they want to sort of, do, uh, you know, do it all themselves or think that they're the best one that can do it, which may be the case, but, you know, you can't still do everything yourselves. <laughs> and they're probably like, yeah, but I don't know if I don't have my finger on the pulse or something, right, with everybody else. So how do we, you know, keep our finger on the pulse and know what's going on in our business when we start to, you know, delegate things, um, you know, to our team? So some of that comes back to like that project management tool I was talking about and making sure that you have a feel of what's going on and when it's going on in the business. Um, and another key part of that is, is setting clear expectations with your team members of the communication that's needed. Um, making sure that they know when to be communicating with you, making sure they know where to be communicating with you. Um, and then also making sure that you guys have that just open dialogue of being able to have conversations if there's questions, if you're looking for feedback on things. Um, and then it's also, you know, defining what those job descriptions are that these people are going to be doing. So you know who to go to and who's going to have the answers for you versus, you know, having five people on your team and being like, okay, so who did I say was going to be working on this project? What's what's going on here? Um, you don't know. Oh, I gave this task to person A and I gave this task to person C. So I know who to follow up with and when their deadlines are because, we have a tool and a system and a process to be using for, for knowing what's going on. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. So true. And um, yeah, it all comes down to those, those <laughs> they're making everything really clear, um, which is yeah. amazing. So yeah, um, love that really powerful. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, we get a lot of ideas a lot, right? The creator, it's like, Oh, these things pop up in our business. And um, you know, I guess, um, you know, what to action and things like that. So do you want to maybe share some ways about how we can, you know, capture, I guess, the ideas? Because that's one thing, because they can just be floating around. Uh, but then also what to do next? Like what's a, what's a key thing that, you know, we should be working on that's actually going to, you know, help the business the most as well? Yeah, so I, um, I always laugh because... <laughs> most of my clients are these amazing visionaries <laughs> and, and I don't necessarily feel like I am as much. I feel like I'm a little bit more of the, that behind the scenes person where I'm like, okay, let me help you. Help, let me help you basically is what it is. Um, and so I 100% agree though. I have had a numerous clients that, you know, they, we will meet with on a Monday and then by Wednesday they have another 15 things that they want to add to the list. Um, and so and, and they're all good ideas too. It's like, wow, how, how do you just come up with these things? So, <laughs> um, but what I really recommend and what I do and what I practice with my clients is that we will have a, first of all, we'll have a place where, you know, where they have, this is your brain dump. This is where we keep track of these things. This is where we'll have all of the, the 50 different ideas that we're going to either put in a parking lot or we're going to focus on these right now. Um, but we will start by, like I said, initially doing that brain dump. And then when any new ideas come on, they get added to the list. But each quarter, we will sit down and have a strategic planning session where we will figure out no more than three that we focus on. <laughs> and some of those will last longer than that, that quarter. Some of them could be, you know, a three or six or nine month plan that they still stay at that top of that top three list. Um, just depending on what they are, but we we make sure that we are not trying to commit to too much in a time frame. And so um, it's hard for for business owners sometimes, especially those visionaries where they're like, but but all of these are amazing ideas. and and yeah, they are. Um, but there's if if we are gonna do these three, then we can't add five more to it. Or if we're going to do these two and swap one out, then that may be the case. but, 
Um, they just need to have that understanding of it's usually either time or money that is needed to, to see things through to fruition. And if they have the money to invest the additional players or the additional team members that it may take to make something happen quicker, then great. But if they don't, then we need to make sure that we're, we're budgeting effectively and we're staying profitable and, and that we're not overwhelming the team in order to try to do too much in a short period of time. Yeah. Love that. So true. And uh, yeah, love the brain dump and you know, <laughs> strategic meetings and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I could definitely, yeah, it definitely helps um, when there's, <laughs> when there's more structure and, um, and direction without yeah doing too much. Um, so love that really powerful. And I guess, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially at the start of their business, um, you know, overworking can be a challenge, right? Where, you know, you just want to mm -hmm. be, you want to be doing all these ideas. You want to be acting things, trying to move as far, fast as possible and working a lot of hours. So, you know, how, how do we sort of grow our business in a way that still allows us, you know, to enjoy um, our personal life as well? <laughs> I think that is always the goal. And sometimes we feel more successful than, at that than others, for sure. Um, I don't know if you would agree with that statement or not, but there's definitely times when, um, and I think there's different seasons of life. I'll say that, first of all. I think there's times when you may feel like you need to invest more time in your business. There's times when you feel like you need to invest more time in your personal life. Um, understanding that yourself and then communicating it with your team is a, is a definitely a key part of, of figuring out how to make sure you're maintaining that balance and that sanity there running your business. Uh, but another part of that really is designing your business and, and really figuring out, you know, what is that ideal schedule and that ideal calendar that I want? Um, and what do I want my business to be doing for me? When you figure those things out and when you really sit down and, and reflect on that yourself, um, you're able to figure out, like I said, number one, what you want this ideal calendar to look like. Number two, communicate that with your team members so that they know and they can be working towards those same goals not only for you, but, you know, have those conversations with them too, especially if they're employees and they're with you full time. Um, you want to make sure that they are growing in their um, personal development as well and that they're getting the fulfillment out of their job, just like um, you want the business to be fulfilling you. Um, but I think that along with that, it also comes down to um, really setting boundaries in, in the areas that you need to be setting boundaries. So, one thing in particular, I have two kids that are school-aged, and there's times when I may specifically have, um, like, after school hours, picking them up from school. And so from when I pick them up from school to potentially when I put them to bed at night, there's going to be a significant decrease in my availability, whether that is being on calls, whether that's being responsive to emails. Um, but I'm communicating those boundaries with clients that I have, with my team members. And basically saying, after the kids are in bed at eight, nine o'clock, whatever time the kids go to bed, I'm going to respond to this. So it's not that I will only work, you know, four hours, five hours, six hours while the kids are in school. I'm more than happy to, to put in time and, and do the work for the clients that I need to do the work for. But they know that potentially between three and eight, between three and nine, I'm not going to be available and not to expect a response from me. Um, and setting those boundaries for myself helps me to maintain that balance, um, but then also communicating it so that my clients know what to expect and my team knows what to expect too. So, <laughs> yeah, so true. Love that. Um, the boundary side, I think, especially um, really, really important to understand. Yeah. When we want to 
um, allocate that time uh, right in our ideal days and um, yeah, do all that sort of stuff. So love that, really powerful. And, um, you know, SOP, standard operating procedures, processes, yeah. um, extremely important in a business, right? To scale and, um, you know, when you first start, you don't really have any and then you've got to build them up over time with your team. So, <laughs> um, you know, what are some key things that, we should be taking into consideration uh, yeah, when we're creating our SOPs. So exactly what you had said, they are extremely important, but they are probably one of the last things that we think about as, as a business is what are our processes and how do we document this so that others can do it too. Um, again, I would, don't try to do too much at one time, you know, don't all of a sudden think, okay, I'm going to document my processes for my entire business over the weekend. That's probably not going to happen in reality. <laughs> so um, break it down, take a little bit of time to kind of focus on those different silos again and figure out which, which areas of those five different kind of silos of business that, that I had mentioned earlier um, and focus on like one at a time and only focus on the one that where either your priority in your business is on that silo or potentially where that next hire is going to be. Um, focus on that so that you're prepared for when that next hire comes on. Um, and so SOPs are also always going to be evolving. Like they should be living, breathing documents. You should be updating them. They should be getting checked. You should be, um, you know, as you change platforms, as you change systems, as you grow your team, there's going to be different elements of your SOPs that are going to evolve. Uh, so, so even when you think you have it all done, it's not really all done. Like they're, they're always evolving too. So, so yeah, don't, don't feel like you have to have it done and set it in a corner and let that be, um, because that's just not a realistic way to, to have them and utilize them. Yeah. Love that. Um, really powerful and, um, so true, um, do it up over time and, and, and focus on them and, and they do always update because we want to keep improving, right. Innovating the business too. Um, cause yeah, we've got to all of that. Well, and I would also recommend not just to consider them to be that, you know, like the Google Doc or the Word document that's step one, step two, step three. Sometimes your SOP may be a video walking through you doing an invoice for a client or something like that. So it doesn't always have to be in that, um, that written form, I guess. It can be in a variety of different ways that you could potentially have those SOPs ready for new team members to learn. Yeah, great one, definitely. Um, do, recording the videos becoming much easier now as well um, to be able to do this and, and help um, our team. Love that. Um, and I guess, you know, when we've got all of these, these things going on, um, you know, we have, you know, we've got to be ma measuring, managing it, you know, in terms of, you know, metrics, KPIs, data analytics, things like that, right, in our business to make sure that we're actually doing what we're doing. So, how can we incorporate this, I guess, um, into our business so that we're measuring and managing everything to ensure it's being done and being, I guess, improved as well, you know, over time? With regard to just in general in the business, how do we, how do we know what's work, basically what's going on and, and knowing if we're growing or not? Yeah, with, yeah, the metrics and the KPIs and, and things like that, definitely. Yeah. So there, when you have your business, there's typically... Again, it's three seems to be the magic number with businesses for some reason. Um, between one to three, I would say KPIs, those key performance indicators, that those are your focuses typically, um, whether it's in the quarter, in the month, in the year, that sort of thing. But you'll have specific focuses, and those are the, the numbers. Those are the things that you want to make sure you're measuring. 
Um, typically your metrics will help you know if you're meeting that or not. So for instance, on the, on the marketing side, a lot of things that come up on the marketing side that, that we're tracking with clients we work with has to do with lead generation. Um, on the sales side, a lot of times the numbers have to do with closing sales. Um, how many sales calls are they having? How many sales are they closing? And looking at that conversion rate. So like your KPI typically is that conversion rate. You're the metrics that you need to know in order to make that happen and for you to get your conversion rate tend to be the, um, like I said, number of sales that you're ha- sales calls that you're having and the number that you close. Um, so it's, it's looking at what are those potentially one, two or three numbers in your business that are going to help you know, am I successful? Am I moving the right direction? Am I meeting my goals or am I not meeting my goals? And do I, does something need to change? So um, it's really not overwhelming yourself with numbers, but not being afraid to look at things and, and to have, if you don't necessarily understand them yourself, have somebody that you can consult with that can help you know what the numbers mean and, and help you know what decisions need to be made because of what the numbers are saying. Yeah, love that. Really powerful. And I guess if we go one level deeper, um, you know, obviously from a from a measuring numbers perspective, it could be done like in a spreadsheet, right? Very, very yeah. quite simple and things like that. But I know that, you know, some of the, the, the bigger businesses now are, you know, looking at things like dashboards and things like yes. that, right? Which make it look really cool and um, be able to analyze the data. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that about sort of, you know, initially doing it, I guess, spreadsheet wise, but then also, you know, how, you know, can we get that cool dashboard thing where it's easy for us to sort of see where the metrics are too? Yeah. So I, I personally love doing dashboards. I love creating dashboards. I think they're fun, but um, not everybody, like I said, likes to geek out on that sort of stuff. So um, the dashboards help you to get a quick visual with it, but in all reality, it's telling you the exact same thing as the, the data and the numbers are telling you in a spreadsheet. So that to that extent, it really depends on how you intake the information the best um, and what makes the most sense to you specifically as a business owner. Um, like, for instance, I work with a bookkeeper um, as a client. She's a client of mine where I help her run her agency. And for her, if I were to build out a dashboard, it would actually confuse her more. She's very much used to looking at the spreadsheets, looking at PL, looking at, at that sort of stuff. So she doesn't necessarily want to have a dashboard to see and get that quick visual with it. Um, But I have an ads manager um, agency as well, an ads agency, and they, she, she would hate to look at a spreadsheet and hate to look at the numbers. And for her to just get, you know, a quick bar graph of what happened sales wise, and for her to get a quick um, just visual of it has a huge impact on her where she sees, oh, this is where we were in 2021. This is where we are in 2022 so far. Oh, and this is where our goal is. Okay, now I see what we need to do in order to make a quick change. So the the dashboards, like you were saying, they can be done in a variety of different tools. Um, Google Data Studio tends to be one that I, I see utilized a lot. I personally use one called Clipfolio is the, the tech, the platform that I use. Um, but I've also seen them just done in a spreadsheet, like an Excel spreadsheet, where you have all of the data tracked in one place, and then you have another sheet that just basically takes the information and puts it in the different charts that you're you're wanting to organize. So again, it doesn't have to be super complex, but there's a lot of really cool tech that can make it complex, <laughs> and it can also automate some of it too. So um, it, it, again, depends on 
the size of the business and how in depth and involved you want to get in the data that you're looking at. Yeah, love that. Really powerful. Thanks for sharing all that. And um, yeah, a few of those tools and all keeping it simple, right? Um, doing it in Excel is a lot of different ways there. So um, I guess, you know, a lot of the time, you know, we can't do everything ourselves and, um, you know, getting coaches and mentors and, and people around us, right, you know, to, to help us um, grow um, ourselves and in our business and things like that, it becomes important. So how has, you know, that been a factor for you with coaching and mentoring to help you to, to grow to where you are as well? Yeah. So I, as I mentioned at the beginning, like I started off by purchasing a program um, and they, that had some coaching that went with it. Um, I 100% feel like just about everything, especially in the online space can be figured out and can be taught. You can be self-taught on everything, but you can probably get there a heck of a lot faster if you're able and willing to invest in having somebody that has done it before you and, and can help you navigate um, and help coach you and consult you through those things. Um, the, I had the, the VA program and coach that I started off with, but then the next um, big, I guess, purchase that I made um, was actually sales coaching. Uh, because when I lived in that little you know bubble of the therapy network and, and therapy world prior to starting my business, I didn't have a need to go out there and be, you know, networking and talking to people and, and telling people about my business. Cause I didn't have one then. <laughs> um, but I realized very quickly that, um, you have to network, you have to talk to people, um, as a business owner. And, and I didn't really feel like I knew how to do that first of all. And second of all, um, I still don't feel like I know how to do that, but <laughs> I think that's something that's always evolving too. Um, but uh, that's why I work, that's why I work in operations. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would definitely say the, I don't think that there's ever been so far, knock on wood, a coach or a consultant that I've brought on um, that I haven't learned something from and that it hasn't helped advance me to the next level uh, quicker than what I would have probably done on my own. Yeah, love that. I completely agree. Um, yeah, coaching, mentoring is is the shortcut and, and able to get us there much quicker so we can get to where we want to be. And um, it's been so much gold today um, and in, in what you're sharing. And I guess as we're uh, wrapping up today, um, what one key piece of advice, uh, you know, would you give to all the entrepreneurs uh, watching and listening today? I think the probably best piece of advice is try to keep it as simple as possible. Try not to um, overwhelm yourself with it. And um, it's easier said than done, but enjoy the ride. It's always going to be evolving. It's always going to be changing and, um, and just, just be flexible and roll with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. Um, yeah. Make it happen. Keep it simple and uh, helps us to take action and move forward as well. So <laughs> um, yeah, we, connected through our networks where I learned about your awesome journey from yeah being a physical therapist for 15 years to now helping business owners see uh, the end results and build processes you know to achieve their major goals uh, you're an amazing woman and I'm sure you'll continue to make business much easier for many people in the world I'm very grateful that we connected and I look forward to working with you in the future so and uh, how can people find you get in contact with you yeah, so my website is definitely the easiest way to connect with me. My It's hilltopoperations.com. And there's a place there where if anybody wants to reach out and book a call, I'm more than happy to, you know, have just a conversation with people and, and um, see if there's anything, any pieces of advice that I can offer for anything. And then also 
on that website, there is a place if anyone is looking to hire someone in the near future, there's a, a hiring playbook that you can definitely grab on there too. Yeah, awesome. Love it, everyone. So if you want to uh, check out Anne, that's where it is. And uh, yeah, the hiring playbook sounds really cool as well. So, and uh, yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening to the show where we talk about everything on business growth. Please like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only one you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.